It's Hashem. Welcome to episode 7 of our podcast. Effective Chinuch in wartime. Helping your family prepare for Mashiach. <coughs> Plus questions and answers. Wow, helping your family prepare for Mashiach. I hear those words. I'm starting to shake. Is that how you feel? <coughs> Are you terrified? Are you mamish scared? My mother wrote me that she's scared. Just one mother, many parents are scared, and rightfully so. You're scared either you live in Eretz Yisrael, and you're scared of what's going on, or you live in Chutzlaretz, and you're scared of the anti-Semitism. Everybody's scared. So how do we prepare for Mashiach? And <coughs> he may be coming. We don't know. But when the war broke out between Russia and Ukraine, Reb Chaim Kanievsky said, a medrash, he brought a medrash. If you see countries starting up with each other, Russia and Ukraine, excuse me, the raglo, shall Mashiach, wait, Mashiach is coming, his footsteps are close. Please know that even if we don't rely on this medrash, there's a book called Kate's Megula. It's about the end illuminated by the son of Rav Matasio Solomon. He brings a letter from Reb Chaim that he went to Reb Chaim. He says, is it true that the Rav says, Mashiach is already here? He says, yes. Mashiach is here and all he needs to do is reveal himself. So we're closer than ever before. That is clear. So how do we prepare our family for Mashiach? Let's take the first thing that you should not do to prepare your family for Mashiach. Please don't, I beg you, please don't, don't scare your children. Don't use current events and say, look at what happened, and do you understand what happened to the people in the South, and how people were butchered, and how children's heads were cut off, and how people were tortured. <laughs> don't tell your children things that will make them afraid Absolutely not. You want to wake them up. Everybody knows what's going on. Whether here, whether in Chutzlerz, <coughs> whether in Eretz Yisrael, every, <coughs> pardon me. <coughs> Thank you, Hashem, for the coughing. Everybody knows, everybody knows what's going on. Even children. They know less than we know. And they don't know it as graphically. And they're not into the news every minute. But they know that's enough to wake us all up. We should not make children afraid and to the contrary, the more afraid they'll be, the more paralyzed they will become paralyzed and they won't be able to do anything. Hashem is waking us up, not paralyzing us. Why is Hashem waking us up? He wants us to improve. Whatever he wants of us, everybody knows what he or she has to improve in. But Hashem, and whatever you had to improve in before these things happen, are certainly what you have to improve in after these things happen. In addition, there's a big movement to be improving Hilchas Shabbos and keeping Shabbos more carefully. But, <coughs> Rabbi Isai, Hashem wants us to improve. He doesn't want us to be paralyzed. Fear paralyzes. Please don't make your children afraid. 
What if they're afraid without you making them afraid? We do want to speak about this. But let's first go to you. Are you afraid? Please understand something critical. That how you act will set the tone for your children if they should be afraid or not afraid. We had once in Vayakov where I live, in Yerushalayim, we had once a terrorist attack down in the valley, what's called, in the Amek. Down, an Arab jumped up and with a machine gun started shooting. Baruch Hashem, nobody was hurt. But one of the trauma specialists who works for the Israeli government told me, a therapist, he told me about two families. Very interesting. One family was... Um, Every time they would hear any noise, the mother would grab all the children into the living room because the living room didn't have any windows. And that way she felt all the children would be protected in case anybody's coming out with a machine gun. This must have been about 20 years ago. What did this mother do? All her kids were terrified every time she heard a noise. Every time they heard a noise. Another mother, whenever there were noises, she was nonchalant. She was calm and cool and composed. (coughs) And her children were not terrified. So she basically kept her children emotionally and mentally healthy by her not being afraid. So please understand, you set the tone. An Arab comes out and he starts shooting with a machine gun. How should I act now? The children don't know. They never were put through this before. So the way they act is based on how they see their parent act. If they see you terrified, I'm so scared. What's going to be? How are we going to get through this? If Mashiach is coming, will I be zeched to be there? I'm so terrible, and all the things that are negative. So that's what will your children will absorb, and they will understand that this is the way you have to react and respond to the events in the world that are going on. If you're not afraid, and you act calm, and you act cool, so your children will be calm and cool, even if they don't know why. Because they see their mother They see their father being calm and cool. But now here's the big question. How can you be calm and cool? We're saying that in order not to get your kids afraid, you have to be not afraid. But what if you're terrified? What if you're scared? How do you not be afraid? The first thing is, please, be an actor, an actress. Act it, even if you don't feel like it. Every once in a while, go to your room and cry and scream. But the rest of the day, when you're around your children, act the part for your children's sake. What if you just can't do it? You're too scared. You can't act. You're too genuine. It's going to show out even if you put on an act. How do you not be afraid? So I'll tell you. (laughs) One thing that can calm us all down, is saying to Hillen, but not just saying to Hillen, saying specifically 
Pesukim of Bitochen. And understanding the Pesukim that you say. Hinei layanum v'layishan. Shoymer Yisrael, the protector of Israel, doesn't sleep. Hashem shoymerecha. Hashem is your protector. Hashem tzilecha. He's your shadow. He's with you all the time. He's your shadow. You know, parents get a shadow for a kid in school. The shadow has to be with the kid all the time. Aliyadiminecha by your right hand. Hashem is your shadow. He's following you around the whole day long, watching over you, protecting you. So, if you say those psukim, you calm down. Hashem oiri v'yishi. Mimi ira. Hashem is my light and my salvation. Who will I be afraid of? Hashem ma'oiz chayai. Hashem is the strength of my life. Mimi efchad. From who will I be afraid? If you look in the English, it has to be something you understand. You have to look at the English translation, get your English translation of Tehillim. And they calm you down. I would memorize them. I would memorize if Psukim, if individual Psukim don't help you, say full chapters like but not chapters that you're crying out out of panic. Not chapters that you're desperate and you're praying. No. Chapters that give you inner peace and calm because they show you how much Hashem is taking care of you. Now, is Hashem taking care of us? Honestly. Look at what happened. How can we say Hashem is taking care of us? That's a very big question. A very, very big question. But you know what? There are unbelievable stories here. Not everybody was killed. <coughs> there are stories about how people <coughs> said Shema and were saved. There are stories about how people did Tshuva and were saved. There are stories about Shoimre Shabbos, the Moshavim, that where Shoimre Shabbos did not open their gates. And they couldn't get in to hurt the Shema Shabbos people. The plan, I was told, I don't know the source for this, but I was told that the original plan, it was Simchas Torah, and Eretz Yisrael is only one day. And the original plan was to go to Ofakim, to all the shuls, and butcher all the people at the Hakafais. Tifrach is a settlement near, down south, near what happened. And they, there are 20 yeshivas in Tifrach, and one of them has a thousand plus boys, the big Tifrach yeshiva from Rev Piltz, the famous yeshiva. They skipped over, and instead they went to a different place. So mitzvahs do protect us. But there's something else to know here. I am not saying anything about anybody, people that were killed al-Kiddush Hashem in such a gruesome way, but you have to know something important. One of the people that was killed by the festival was a kid off the derech. And he had learned in Tifrach Yeshiva. And he was killed and they didn't identify his body yet. He came to his father in a dream. And he said, I'm learning together with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. 
this kid was off the derech, he was way off, and now he's learning together with HaKadosh Baruch Hu forever and forever and forever. We don't see what's really happening here. All we see is chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. But the story continues to Eilam Haba. We don't know what reward the people that were killed so gruesomely are receiving in the next world. So you can trust Hashem. You can say, Hashem, I trust you. <coughs> and that can calm you down. That's our emuna, that Hashem is trustworthy. Hashem loves us. He's our biggest fan, our biggest <coughs> the one who loves us more than anyone. Would He not take care of us? That's our emuna. We have to, we must grab on to our emuna. You have to hear this. There was a soldier that was released. They found, the, I think, the lady, <coughs> the soldier, forgive me, excuse me. And the night before the mother did, this is what they say, there's a video of it, the mother said, Hafrasha Aschala. She did it, and as she was saying, as she did the Hafrasha she started saying, Hashem, thank you Hashem, I think she was saying, and she said, Hashem, I love you. This was before her daughter was found, before her daughter was released. Hashem, I love you. That's what we have to be doing now. If you say you're scared, you say, Hashem, I love you. Hashem, I trust you. And you say one more thing. Thank you, Hashem. That I'm, first say that. Hashem, I trust you. Hashem, I love you. That's gonna calm you down. It's the truth. It's our emuna. And that's what you have to do for your children's sake. Please, for your children's sake, I beg you. There's another level that you can take this to. And Be'ezus Hashem, we hope to be talking about the gula, the reasons for the gula. <coughs> how can we explain that to ourselves and our children? We hope to be talking about how we eradicate and overcome sinas chinam in our homes. We hope to talk about keeping children away from Lashon Hara and Ainoas, the varm hurting each other's feelings, which is the reason Mashiach is not here yet and hasn't revealed himself. We hope to talk about the Amuna we started talking about now. We also want to talk about <coughs> purifying our children from secular influence. So, <coughs> what did we say in today's session? We'll try to make it brief and not make it too long so that we can make it easier for you to listen. What we're saying is that making, becoming afraid is going to hurt your children. So act calm. Your children look to you to model how they should react. Act calm. And if you can't, say psuke bitachan and know what they mean. And if you can't, say Hashem, I love you. Hashem, I trust you. And say that over and over and over again. There's one more step that you could say, and I think it's important. Hashem, thank you for the fear. Now, this is something we have to talk about when we speak about Emuna. Thank you <coughs> for the fear. Why do we thank you for the fear? Everything Hashem, it's all Hashem, isn't it? 
And everything Hashem does is good, isn't it? One of the ladies who was locked in her mamad, which is like a, bo- a bomb shelter in the house, she had a key. She was thanking Hashem the whole time. There were 12 terrorists in her house. Thank you, Hashem. Thank- Not religious lady. Thank you, Hashem. She added it, I'm protected, but she kept saying, thank you, Hashem. She doesn't know where it came from. Nothing happened to her. They tried blowing up her room. They tried shooting. They left. Other places they burned, burned them down with the people inside. Here, nothing. Lady was saved. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for the fears. Thank you. How can you thank for the fears? You must thank for the fears. That's emuna, And that's what helps you pass them. And that's what will make Hashem make them go away and calm you down. So, <clears throat> there's more teaching our children in Muna. And, but I'd like to say one thing. Again, we must overcome the fear if we want to get anywhere. It's not Shayach otherwise. No way. If we're paralyzed, we can't do anything Hashem wants us to do. He wants us to improve. We have to do it without fear or else we won't be able to do it. So now, we said how to be not afraid and how to overcome the fears, and you can daven that your fears should go away. Another thing is, please don't be afraid that you're afraid. It's one thing to have fear. It's normal. If you're not afraid at this time, you're not, I mean, you normal people are afraid. How could you not be afraid? But don't be afraid that you're afraid. Oi, I'm afraid. Something's wrong with me. I'm guilty. I feel bad. How can I be afraid? I'm supposed to have a muna. Supposed to thank Hashem. Supposed to love Hashem. And I'm afraid. And you beat yourself up. Please don't beat yourself up. It's okay that you're afraid. If you start from that point, that's your starting point. It's okay that you're afraid. And you work with it. As Hashem, you'll get past it. <coughs> so one more point. Why do we teach our children? We'll be talking in the coming workshops, but we can't teach anything and we can't improve anything if we're paralyzed from fear. Another point is some of us make ourselves more afraid by looking at the news and all the vivid details. You don't have to know all the vivid details. You don't have to see this terrorist attack. You don't have to see pictures of October 7th. And you don't have to see but... But And you don't have to know what all the anti-Semites, but you have to know what's going on. So look at it in general. And don't look every minute and look once in a while. You don't have to add to the fear that we're all feeling. Looking too much at the news doesn't help you improve. Just makes you more afraid. So curiosity killed the cat. <coughs> and it keeps us scared and paralyzed. Let's stay away from that <coughs> again. I am not saying not to look at the news. I am saying not to look at the gory details and not to look at every little detail and not to look at it all the time and not to drive yourself crazy here and there. And I'm sure you'll find out when big things are going on. Okay, we have a number of questions that people have submitted. We started a new column. It's called Ask Rabbi Brizak. It's a new email program. You can email to us at admin at chinuch-lifelines.org. You can email to us to get on the list. We 
are trying to answer pre-submitted questions. And some of them we're answering on the daily email, but we're overwhelmed and it's not possible. <laughs> so we're trying to answer some of them on the podcast as well. A few, select few. And of course, you can always become a member and join our question and answer weekly session. Right now, we also have a help desk where you can interact with us personally three times a month. So <coughs> you can get your money's worth or take the freeway and the freeway will get you a taste. Here we go. Ben Sashem. Hi. These are some questions we received to our admin email. We received an overwhelming amount. Some of them are meeting on the podcast. Some of them we'll try to answer in the daily emails. I have a three-year-old daughter. She started Hebrew this year. I'm getting vibes and telling some Hamora. She's having a hard time listening. The Mora loses patience with her. We see this at home as well. Have to really direct her to change of activities and use a lot of energy. We get the vibe she's not loved and cared for. It's a very independent style, I guess, gun. And she really doesn't work with listening to words and feel it's more of a processing issue, but maybe also some behavioral. <coughs> I see her not playing with the other kids. I pick up on <coughs> e-direction and how to handle the situation with the Mora, with the gun kindergarten teacher, make the relationship better. Also, at home in general, we're dealing and helping a child like this. A child like this, only three years old. Shtabach Shimo. Needs tons and tons of love. What do you expect a three-year-old child to be able to listen with concentration? So if the Mora loses patience with her, change her gun yesterday. Don't leave her there. This child needs lots of love. Maybe she's having a hard time with the Hebrew language. You just, you write that it's a Hebrew gun. She just started this year. Maybe she's not understanding or processing. You're starting to think maybe she needs Behavioral processing, I don't know, she needs love. That's the first thing. Three-year-old child. Now, what can you do if you can't switch her right away? So you can be nice to the gun teacher. This is a strategic tactic. That you go to the gun teacher and thank her for her patience. And give her a gift. Hanukkah is coming. Give her a gift and compliment her how she's so nice to your daughter, even if she's not. And tell her how much you appreciate her dedication and her good work. Now, a lot of times, that can get her to be nicer to your daughter. But if she won't be, and nothing will change within a week or two, Hanukkah time, change her out. And check the gun beforehand to make sure you find a different gun. Where the Mora is loving. <coughs> if you can't, whatever reason, then you have to compensate and pour on tons and tons and tons of love. That's what this girl needs more than anything. Tons and tons of love from you. When she doesn't listen, when she does listen, hug her, kiss her, smile at her, praise her, compliment her, spend time with her. When she doesn't listen, hug her more and smile to her and you'll bring her around to listen. I find myself wondering by one of my children's habits. I can avoid reacting at most times, but during davening, it's harder to, when he sit at, we're at the Shabbos table and he sits next to me for long periods of time, it is harder to ignore. Examples of habits include flipping pages in the sitter back and forth and whining during davening, singing during davening, 
He stretches out the last syllable of words and they come out like a wine. I'm trying to figure it out, okay? He has gotten into trouble in schools well for doing similar, similar things. My question is two part. How does a parent properly react to a child that consistently annoys them? Two, what can I do to help break him of these annoying habits or to teach him to be more sensitive of how his behavior affects others? The first thing you have to do, if you want to stop, if you want to make it better, you have to stop making it worse. Make sense? The first step in making something better is to stop making it worse. This is called negative attention. When we pay attention and we show annoyance to annoying behaviors, it's like pouring oil on a fire and we make the fire bigger. We're feeding the negative attention. So when you pay attention to the negative attention, you're feeding it, you're making it worse. What are you supposed to do? What you're supposed to do is ignore it. But you can't ignore it. It drives you crazy. So do what, <coughs> excuse me, what we call <coughs> active ignoring. I love when you daven like that. Wow, you're so cute. Melech <laughs> I mean, I don't know where he's davening. Whatever he's doing. I love listening to you, Davin. You Davin's so cute. So nice. Now this sounds insane, right? But you start pouring oil in the fire. First of all, you're not making it worse. And secondly, it might go out on its own. We've seen this so many times. You'll need a little bit of courage and a little bit of initiative, try it for a week and then tell me what happens. Question. I have my oldest daughter, 10 years old, the first of five children. She's what you call a difficult child. She will <coughs> always, <coughs> excuse me, has to have it her way. And in the end, the only answer I've found that keeps the peace is to let her have it her way. Oh. Overall, she's a very from go Hashem. She's not rebellious. She doesn't like to do it, but she doesn't like to do anything that's routine. For example, eating the dinner I make. She likes her own food, pasta, pizza, grilled cheese. So if I make chicken and rice, she won't even come to the table. She won't, that's supper. Now, she won't do homework when I ask. She won't shower when I ask. On weekends when it's not school, I ask her to daven. She won't daven because she'd rather play. Not that she's trying to be rebellious. It's more like she thinks she knows better. And feels that she's doing something more important, doesn't want to be bothered. She's 10 years old. <coughs> Usually, she's just playing with magnetiles. And men she toys are reading a book, Baruch Hashem, Jewish books. Many times she won't put it down till she is finished. If I try to be <laughs> the mother, like many times I have tried, then she will get so angry and cause such a commotion in the house. So when I'm calm, I think it out, I decide it's not worth it to tell her what to do because she always anyway doesn't listen. The only thing it causes is stress fighting and makes her hate her parents. She gets angry, it's usually after a while, so it's not worth the whole thing. Problem is, it takes a lot to run a house with a child like this. Especially when it's the oldest child, because even the other kids start to take on that role of defiant. The other kids are not naturally defiant, so I'm stricter with them. You attempt to get that back on track, but it's a huge struggle every day. It's a huge task. Mornings are rushed, and I spend the day catching my breath. 
till the kids come home from school. I have to start over again. I constantly find myself thinking how life would be so much easier if you would just be more flexible. I don't know how or why she is this way. My husband and I are on the same page about this issue. We both very much see the issue. What we don't know is if it's something we did wrong when she was younger or she was born this way. Maybe therapy would have been different with therapy. Since we never grew up using therapy, neither of us is very exposed to that. So it never occurred to us when she was younger that she may need it. Now she's 10. Very hard to get something like that to work out. I'm just very stuck. And what a solution is for behavior and lack of my following my husband's instructions, even going to bed. Uh, her lack of my, following my and my husband's instructions, even going to bed would be impossible. I end up giving her one milligram of melatonin. She goes to sleep at a normal hour because I can't have her go to the next day and be in a worse mood. We tried everything about lists and prizes for routine things. Nothing motivates her. A school Shabbos list that the teacher sets on Friday, sends on Friday, never gets done. She frankly would rather play, not do the chart, doesn't set the table for Shabbos, no cleaning up, doesn't pick up the wrappers, some snacks, she eats in her room, even she knows I do let eating, I do not let eating in the rooms. She even has had an ant issue in the room, which I had to get our regular exterminator guy to put beta around the room. Baruch Hashem, it helped get rid of the ants. It's a big struggle for us, and me especially as a mother, who just wishes I had a daughter like I always imagined I would, that we could do things together like baking and cooking and bonding. But at this point in our relationship, I do so much for her. She only makes my life harder. Have to clean up after her all day. It's so hard. Please help us. We need advice. We want the best for her and want her to be the best self that she could be. So there are two problems here. One thing is, this is what's called a difficult job. Nothing to do with therapy. You didn't do anything wrong. This is a difficult job. But I won't call her a difficult child. I'll call her an independent, strong-willed child. And it's very common. We call these children fighter children. She wants to do what she wants. And don't tell her what to do. The problem is that you back off. Because the only way you know is to be the mother that you were taught. Tell her and she has to listen. And if she's not listening, overpower her. And that won't work with a child like this. As you see, it just becomes World War Three. So with a child like this, you need a whole different set of techniques. Whole different set. Mainly that you work with her in a way that you'll get her to listen. Now we've had crazy situations where kids were defiant like this from younger ages, from five, from six, from even four and two and a half. The mice if you use different techniques, you'll get better results. But I think there's a point here. How do you get these techniques? We do have a webinar called Discipline for the Difficult Child. We go through all the techniques. And I think that would help <laughs> a lot. We teach methods like the You Tell Me method. We teach methods like um, uh, help them with a discussion. Let them, let them come to the conclusion through discussion. Explain the game, we call it have a lot of different techniques be on their side. We call it .com slash MD, which is about five letters, but about 20 to 30 different tools that you could use. Buy that webinar. You can purchase it on our website. You can also join our workshops. You can become a member. And this is what we talk about day in, day out, a whole week long. It's not expensive. Look up on our website. <coughs> Excuse me. 
And there's another thing here that I must tell you. So we're telling you to use different methods. There are different methods that can work here. That's what we're telling you. But another thing that we're telling you is that this girl, what will help her is if you love her. Even if she's so hard. Hug her. Smile to her. Kiss her. Do things with her stem that she likes to do. The more you'll strengthen your relationship with her, and the more you'll like her, even though she's not the girl of your dreams, and she makes life harder for you, the more she'll start cooperating. Often these girls, they trigger their parents, and the parents don't like them so much. And that makes the problem a lot worse. What do you do? How do you like her? Act. Do things to give her. And little by little, hopefully, you'll see things. That's the best we could do in a short forum. Thanks for the opportunity to ask questions. Baruch Hashem have young sons. They can be so destructive, including useful things. Cutting a beanbag, one sits on with the scissors, emptying out soap containers, breaking eggs for the fun. How can I deal with this in the best way possible? The Gemara in Yuma says, you should give your children things to break. Children like this. One big mechanic told me that he buys plastic cups, a few rolls of a hundred, hundred plastic cups. So he brings to his grandchildren, let's say, three hundred plastic cups, and they throw it, and they smash it, and they step on it, <coughs> and they build towers and knock it down. It is so <coughs> much fun. Get your children broken things that they can break. Feed their need in ways that won't be destructive. Maybe let them make, fill up uh, the sink with soap suds and let them have a good time. Monitor them that it won't get out of hand. Do things for them (coughs) that are not the standard, more wild things. If they like cutting a bean bag, buy three three extra bean bags and let them cut it. Special bean bags for cutting. That's what the Gemara says, and we asked Rav Steinman this. He was all for it. Help it get it out of their system in a kosher way. Question, any advice that I respond to a child does not want to eat bread at breakfast if she should not have to bench? Be honest with you, I would not make her bench. Why should you? She has to eat bread, so find other things that she can eat without being hungry. If she'll be hungry enough, she'll wash and have bread and bench. Alternatively, you can tell her that the benching should take her only one minute and she could run through it. That way, even though it's not a real benching, but she's nine and a half, and that will bring her to get the habit of benching. So tell her, I want you just to say the benching. It should take, I'm going to look, sit there with a stop clock. In one minute, you're finished. But you have to say all the words, yeah, quickly. But it's a disgrace, no. It'll be easier for her to bench, and she'll get into the habit, and as she grows older, she'll be benching. So either leave her alone, or <coughs> help her to bench in an easy way and quickly, or help her to bench only the first, till Azana Sakal, or till <coughs> Al-Hares, or till Al-Hares Elmas, and then that's it. And little by little, she'll bench more at other times. Okay, Rabbi Yisai, Hatzlacha Rabbi to you. Thank you for joining us today. Again, you can become a member if you want. You can interact with us more often, get more guidance. You can join our workshops. We have question and answer sessions. Look on our website, www.chinuch-lifelines.org. If you want to continue submitting questions in this way, we're limited in the way that we can answer them, but you can send questions to admin 
at chinuch-lifelines.org. Hatzlacha to all of you. Thank you for joining us today.